say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Before I get into today's episode, we need to have a chat. These are crazy times. There is a lot of pandemonium in the world, which means that organizations like the Red Cross are busier than ever. Did you know that since 2014, the Red Cross Home Fire Campaign has helped families in more than 14,000 local communities? Or that the Red Cross responds to an average of more than 60,000 disasters every year in cities and towns all across America? There is no better time than the present to help out such an important organization. Follow the link in the show notes to donate today. There are certain phrases that seem permanently locked into our vernacular. Expressions like better late than never, call it a day, and let them off the hook have been around in the English language for hundreds of years, and in many cases, they are inspired by older phrases. Now, there is one particular phrase that has always stuck with me, and I found it a bit odd. You'll be happy to know that it has a very obscure history of its own. My name is Josh, and this is Obscure History. You have almost certainly heard this phrase, I think, therefore I am. It's one of the English language's most popular expressions. If you pay especially close attention to pop culture, then you might have noticed it referenced in Monty Python, Malcolm in the Middle, The Office, Blade Runner, or most recently Billie Eilish's smash hit, Therefore I Am. The pop track debuted at number 94 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 with 3.1 million streams, 5,000 downloads, and 11.7 million radio airplays. That was in its first four days. The song rose to number two on the chart the week after, and it drew 24.2 million streams, 14,000 downloads, and 18.3 million radio plays. That gave Billie Eilish her fourth top 10 hit in the U.S. and 20th total in the Hot 100. With a vault of 92 positions, Therefore I Am made the fourth greatest leap in the Hot 100's history. So, maybe today, more than ever, the phrase, I think, therefore I am, is in our cultural zeitgeist. But what does it mean, and who said it first, and more interestingly, what inspired them to say it at all? It seems to me that everybody knows the phrase, but few know its tragic origins. René Descartes was born in a small village in France on the 31st of March, 1596. 
His mother, Jean Bruchard, died shortly after giving birth to him, and as social safety nets were fragile and tentative at best in those days, the future for baby René looked bleak. Because his father could not care for him alone, he sent him to live with his grandmother and his great-uncle. In these early years, it is reported that young René struggled with fragile health, and as such, he gravitated towards the intellectual pursuits rather than the physical. Though he was unable to care for his children himself, René Descartes' father was very influential and was able to use that influence to place his children, especially René, in a very sophisticated boarding school near their home. At the age of eight, René Descartes was sent to undergo rigorous education on a very intense full-time schedule. After being enrolled, young René was given special accommodations because of his unspecified health problems. He didn't have to abide by the school's rigorous schedule and was instead allowed to rest in bed until mid-morning. This, however, did not hinder his studies. The boy excelled in school and was educated in all the most relevant and advanced subjects of the day, like rhetoric, logic, and the mathematical arts, which included music and astronomy, as well as metaphysics, natural philosophy, and ethics. After graduating from his boarding school, René Descartes, who was at this point a young man, enrolled in the University of Poitiers, where he received a law degree. His father had high hopes and firm expectations for his son, especially after sending him off to receive the best education possible. His desire was for René to become a lawyer and then join him in the upper echelon of minor nobility. However, like most college kids, René hit a rebellious streak and decided to take some time off. Of this time, René Descartes wrote, I entirely abandoned the study of letters, resolving to seek no knowledge other than that which could be found in myself or else in the great book of the world. I spent the rest of my youth traveling, visiting courts and armies, mixing with people of diverse temperaments and ranks, gathering various experiences, testing myself in the situations which fortune offered me, and at all times reflecting upon whatever may come my way to derive some profit from it. And after tasting the world, René Descartes, who had once been a very sickly boy, chained to his books and studies, set off to live a life of adventure. He had spent his childhood and young adulthood trying to fulfill his father's expectations and become a lawyer, but in this new freedom he set his eyes on a brand new goal. He wanted to become a prestigious military officer. In 1618, Descartes joined, as a mercenary, the Protestant Dutch States Army in Breda under the command of Maurice of Nassau. However, rather than running into battle with his sword drawn, clashing with the enemy, he again gravitated toward the academic and began studying the military arts under some of France's most highly regarded military minds. Through this experience, he connected with Isaac Beekman, the principal of the Dordrecht School, and his academic prowess only increased. Together, the two worked on highly advanced concepts like freefall, catenary, conic section, and fluid statics. The following year would prove to be one of the most consequential for René Descartes, as it would set his life off in a brand new direction. On the 11th of November, 1619, Descartes shut himself in a room with an oven to escape the cold. While within, he had three dreams. 
and he believed that a divine spirit revealed to him a new philosophy. Upon exiting, he had formulated analytic geometry and the idea of applying the mathematical method to philosophy. He concluded from these visions that the pursuit of science would be, for him, the pursuit of true wisdom, and a central part of his life's work. Inspired by this revelation, Descartes thus began the pursuit of true wisdom that would eventually validate him as one of the most important philosophers in all of history. René Descartes would travel around Europe attending lectures, fulfilling his military duties, and even enrolling in various colleges under pseudonyms for years before he would write that famous phrase. In 1628, Descartes returned to the Dutch Republic, where he remained until 1649. And these would prove to be some of the most important years of his life. In April 1629, he joined the University of Frankener, studying under Adrian Matthias. The next year, under a pseudonym, he enrolled at Leiden University to study both mathematics and astronomy. Though he was growing his intellect exponentially, things were not going exactly as planned, however. In October 1630, he had a falling out with his one-time mentor Isaac Beekman, whom he accused of plagiarizing his ideas. Four years later in Amsterdam, he had a relationship with a servant girl, Helena Jans Vanderstrom, with whom he had a daughter, Francine, who was born in 1635. It was shortly after the birth of his daughter that his career really began to pick up, and in 1637 he first wrote those famous words, I think, therefore I am. But before we get to that, I think that there are some bills to pay, therefore we need to take a brief ad break. Hang out for about 90 seconds and we will be right back. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Sadly, only five years after his daughter was born, she passed away, a victim of scarlet fever. Descartes 
unlike his hypermasculine contemporaries, showed a great deal of emotion in these tragic days. He wept, he grieved, and he mourned, as any parent would be expected to. However, unlike most parents in the 1600s, René Descartes was obsessed with the experience of living, what it meant to live, what it meant to exist. He spent decades dissecting animals, believing that they were assembled like machines, and that if he studied them closely enough, he could discover how their clockwork cogs and gears moved. Author Gabby Wood elaborates on this obsession with the assembly of living creatures. In his Treatise on Man, which was published after his death, it is founded on a comparison between a human being and a hypothetical statue or machine, which operates like a clock or a hydraulic fountain. He had already put forward a beast-machine hypothesis in which he argued that animals were machines made up of mere matter, and that all of their faculties could be explained by mechanical means. The difference between beasts and men, he said, was that humans possessed a rational soul, whereas animals were incapable of reasoned thought. However, the idea that the soul was the source of human life was to become very contentious, and the atheist philosophers of the 18th century stretched Descartes' beast-machine premise to include human beings as well. At this point in his life, he had spent the majority of it engineering all manner of things. He had succeeded in creating everything from hydraulic fountains to small clockwork toys. He even had plans for a dancing man, a flying pigeon, and a spaniel that chased a pheasant. So, perhaps in the process of grieving... Descartes simply did what was natural. After his daughter's death, he became obsessed with the idea of bringing her back to the realm of the living. He called upon his extensive experience in engineering to craft a replica of his sweet Francine. Author Gabby Woods describes, Unable to mourn her, he constructs a simulcrum of the girl gives it the power of motion, and names it after her. If death was, as the following century liked to call it, suspended animation, then Descartes, in animating this doll, had defied mortality and resurrected his daughter. He crafted it with exquisite detail and began traveling with it. He even began putting it in a little bed next to his. He reportedly would wake up in the middle of the night wind the clockwork automata, and then begin talking to it as if it were alive. Perhaps he was losing his grip on reality. Perhaps he never really had a grip on it at all. During his younger years, it was alleged that he had multiple nervous breakdowns. Maybe the weight of losing his daughter pushed him over the edge. What happened next is a little unclear. There are multiple accounts, but the details are relatively similar. He was sure it was to be his last trip. The philosopher René Descartes had been summoned by Queen Christina of Sweden, who wanted to know his views on love, hatred, and the passions of the soul. But although he was happy to correspond with the queen, Descartes was loath to become part of her court. He felt that... Thoughts, as well as waters, would freeze over in Sweden, and since that winter was particularly harsh, he believed he would not survive the season. He even feared, he wrote to a friend, that a shipwreck 
could cost him his life. But Christina's whims was his command. Filled with foreboding, he packed his bags, taking all of his manuscripts with him. He was traveling, he told his companions, with his young daughter Francine. But the sailors had never seen her. Thinking this strange, they decided to seek her out one day in the midst of a terrible storm. Everything was out of place. They could find neither the philosopher nor the girl. Overcome with curiosity, they crept into Descartes' quarters, and there was no one there. But on leaving the room, they stopped in front of a mysterious box. As soon as they had opened it, they jumped back in horror. Inside the box was a doll. A living doll, they thought, which moved and behaved exactly like a human being. Descartes, it transpired, had constructed the android himself out of pieces of metal and clockwork. It was indeed his progeny, but not the kind the sailors had imagined. Francine was a machine. When the ship's captain was shown the moving marvel, he was convinced, in his shock, that it was some instrument of dark magic, responsible for the weather that had hampered their journey. On the captain's orders, Descartes' daughter was thrown overboard. It's impossible to say exactly what happened that night on that ship. What we can say is that something probably did happen. Something involving the moving doll he had crafted in his daughter's image. We also know that the remainder of Descartes' story is rather dour. Descartes had arranged to give private tutoring to Queen Christina after her birthday, three times a week at 5am in her cold and drafty castle. It soon became clear that they did not like each other. She did not care for his mechanical philosophy, nor did he share her interest in ancient Greece. By the 15th of January, 1650, Descartes had seen Christina only four or five times. Sadly, in February, while still abroad in Sweden, René Descartes contracted pneumonia and died. As a Catholic in a Protestant country, his body was interned in a graveyard reserved for orphans until he was able to be shipped back to France. It's truly impossible to measure the legacy of René Descartes. He was one of the most consequential thinkers in human history. His work inspired the likes of Isaac Newton, but his philosophical work provided the cornerstone of all Western philosophy— Despite being persecuted by the church in his day, his philosophy actually helped to revolutionize the modern church. His mathematical legacy is equally impressive. Descartes invented the convention of representing unknowns and equations by X, Y, and Z, and known by A, B, and C. He also pioneered the standard notation that uses superscripts to show exponents. He also made giant advances in the field of physics. The law of refraction was discovered by Descartes and is still called Descartes' law in France. He also discovered the geometric law of reflection. And he even published three laws of motion, upon which Isaac Newton would base his own laws of motion, which remain a fundamental to modern science. René Descartes was the definition of a Renaissance man, he was, seemingly, the master of all things except grief. 
And while it's true, he first wrote I Think Therefore I Am two years before his daughter's death, it wasn't until after it that it would become his obsession, the linchpin of his entire philosophical school. So the next time you hear Billie Eilish bumping on your radio or your coworker flippantly say, I think, therefore I am, at the cooler during your morning break, remember that its origin is soaked in tragedy and the obsession to understand life, death, and existence itself. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate all of you. You might have noticed that things sound a little bit different this week. That's because I ran into some very frustrating tech problems. Uh, Now, maybe they would not be frustrating to other people, but for being a millennial, I am awfully bad with technology. So uh, maybe it'll sound like this forever. I don't exactly know. I guess I'm just going to give it a couple weeks and see what sticks. There's certainly things about this new system that I enjoy, and there were certainly things about the older system that I enjoyed as well. I guess it just depends on which one's going to be more reliable. Uh, If you have an opinion on it, feel free to write in, obscurehistorypod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts about the uh, sound quality of this episode, maybe versus some previous. There's a couple of very specific problems that the last setup had involving uh, stereo. So if you ever listened on headphones or uh, maybe in your car, you might have noticed some weird uh, audio disturbances. So uh, write in, tell me what you think, or don't maybe write in and tell me what you don't think. Either way, reach out. This is still a one-man operation, so I will always be here to respond to your messages. At all the people pod at Twitter because it doesn't let you change your username. At obscure history podcast on Instagram because Instagram does let you change your username. I have got to get out of here because I'm not exactly sure I know how to finish this episode in the new software, and it's already so late, and I have work in the morning. So, thank you again for listening. I'll talk to you next week.